Bush and Richie with your home time daily takeaway podcast uh, for All Hallows Eve, otherwise known as Halloween. Good old Halloween. Uh, by the time we get back from the live version of uh, this particular podcast, um, Halloween done and dusted, really. Um, I know there's a big bowl of sweets out on the side, and in my mind, I'm trying to visualise how much is going to be left of it for when I get back. Yeah. And my visualisations always come to nothing. What is in that there's nothing there for you when you get back? I don't think there's going to be anything left. And obviously, that's not down to my son... That is down to the local kids. And I, I just think these days, I think these days kids are more grabby. Greedy beggars. Greedy. I, I nearly said going, the bad word then. I'm so yeah. sorry. <laughs> I think we knew where you were going. Thing is though, right, for me, I think I'm going to have quite a few malted milks left over. Because you remember we talked about this on the show. <laughs> you can't believe you've gone through with this. They are, I, I still think they are legit biscuits to be handing out on trick-or-treating. We'll find out later on when I get back. I, I am playing a bit of the long game there, because I know that kids will probably be like, I'm not interested in malted milk. No. I'll have, um, give me some of the wine gums, but I'll, I'll play the long game. Well, you see, the long game could be quite short, though, my friend, because what you're forgetting is the other part of trick-or-treat, and that is the trick bit. Because if that is your definition of a treat, you could find that you got your car egged. Well, wait, is that what the truth... We haven't really talked about this. What What is the trick? Does well, any, do people really know what the consequences are if they don't say treat? See, these days, everyone's pushed down the whole treat bit, isn't it? Because the concept was trick or treat. Yeah. And it was on you to be able to open the door and go, I don't have any uh, treats, so yeah. I'll take the trick. So what's fair game these days? What is, genuinely, if you listen to this now and you are aware of what the (laughs) the going thing is for the trick, is it bananas up uh, exhaust pipes? (laughs) A la Beverly Hills Cop? Silly string? Silly string. I mean, just let us know because we just don't know what it is. The game's gone. Home time at absoluteradio.co.uk. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Wishing you all a happy Halloween. Is that how you say it? Happy Halloween? Is that I the right way? So. Yeah. You wish someone a happy Halloween in, in by the water it? cooler? It's not really necessarily a happy thing, is it? It's more sort of like a... Spooky. Ghoulie thing. Ghoulie? Yeah. That's one way of looking at it. But, like, let's think of Halloween for a second, right? This is when they wheel out all the usual suspects to scare you, isn't it? Skeletons, goblins, witches, that kind of thing. That's what people will be dressed as tonight for trick-or-treating. They always do for Halloween. But do you ever think to yourself, when you see people dressed up as these kind of usual tropes from the world of horror... Life's more complicated than that. And I think the, the stuff that they don't show you in horror movies uh, are the little things in life that end up scaring you more, f- way more than a werewolf. So it's like the stuff that ain't supposed to be scary sometimes can be more scary than stuff that's intended to scare you. For example, for example, for example, uh, when I was a kid, uh, my nana had a lot of, like, um, religious stuff in the house. Mm-hmm. Like, when we used to go to her house when we were kids, it'd be like... Um, Glow, glow in the dark Virgin Marys. I mentioned it be- before on the show, but stuff like that, that's quite scary, mm. I think, overall. Or um, clowns. They're not supposed clowns? to be scary. No, exactly. And they're, they're really, really scary. Or bare bulbs in bathrooms. Bare bulbs in bathrooms? A light bulb on its own in a bathroom. Okay. And maybe if it, it takes a little while to flicker and then light up <laughs> properly, that's scarier than a vampire. Yeah, that would be scary, yes. It's the yeah. little things. So I thought, maybe this first hour of the show, given that it is Halloween, maybe you could build on a project that we started on the indie disco on Saturday night, just gone, thinking loads of people would be trick-or-treating, and they didn't. So now is actual Halloween. Uh, have a think about stuff that is kind of accidentally scary, isn't meant to be, but just scares you for some reason. Lifts. You don't like lifts? Don't like lifts, no. It's got to be, for me to get in a lift, it's got to be a brand new lift with with absolute certainty that it's not going to break down. If I go in a lift and there's a slight little wobble or a noise, 
then I'll write off that lift forever yeah. and ever and ever. And I also hate heights. So a lift's going to take me high somewhere. So Bad combo. Yeah, lifts, to me, scary things. No, no Where did you say that? I don't know whether this is an 80s thing, but I felt there was a lot of like people trapped in lifts Absolutely. In yeah, when I think about like going to a shopping centre in the 80s with my mum, I'd hate going in a lift in a multi-storey car park. Well, the, the, Trowbridge, the shopping centre called The Shires, when I was a kid in the 80s, if you know the Trowbridge, hashtag Trovegas uh, area... There was a lady who I think was trapped in there pretty much all day. Yeah. And there was people congregating out in the park, watching the fire brigade getting around. They got her out in the end. But that put everyone off lifts. It's an 80s thing. I think the 80s lifts are worse than now. Like, they were darker. Yes. And also, I think people have got their... They've got themselves organised with fixing lifts quicker than they did in the 80s. Yeah, it's like a longer wait for some reason. It always reminds me of the beginning of uh, uh, Edward Woodward's uh, The Equaliser. And also, the 80s bit, the start movies of that. had loads of, like, lifts dropping. There's a lot of lift drops. Yeah. So have a little think about it, right? We're <laughs> compiling a list uh, of things in life that are scary but aren't meant to be. Mark says, it's got a great list here. Mark says, old people's homes, in-laws' photo albums, garages where you obviously have no idea about a car engine, dentists with bad breath, pubs in the middle of nowhere. Interesting stuff that's coming in from you guys. Greg says, squeaking lift doors. Mark says, a doorbell after 9pm. Actually, anyone calling after 9pm on your phone's like, who's this? Mm. Uh, Jackie says, tomato stalks that look like dead spiders. <laughs> she sent a photo and they do look like dead spiders. Uh, Trudy wants to put forward just feet, full stop. Some people have got a real problem with feet. I- I'm at peace with my feet, but maybe other people aren't. Other, uh, Some people go completely the other way with feet, don't they? They're not scared by them. Going to earn some money on Facebook Marketplace, that's for sure. Uh, Laura, what scares you that shouldn't? Bananas. Bananas? Yeah. Have you had a bad experience with a banana, Laura, dare we ask? No, no, she's completely freaked out by them. What what, what about them? Their shape, their colour, their texture, their taste? Mostly, mostly the skin. Wow, you mean you mean like the outside peely skin or that little kind of weird, like, yeah. bit in the middle? Yeah, it, it all goes brown the outside and, oh, sticky and horrible and, the uh, The inner stuff, the, the stringy rind, banana stringy. rind, yeah. that might yeah, be the wrong term, horrible. No, the, out, the whole part of the skin. So you miss out on stuff like uh, banana splits or, you know, all that stuff that they used to do in Wimpy with cream down the centre and everything, uh, Laura. You're missing out yeah. on all these things. Yeah, yeah, I don't eat any bananas or anything banana-flavoured. If someone came running at you with a banana, what would you do? I'd run away. I was actually on a ship in Tenerife when they brought out trays of them. <laughs> and I went to jump in the sea. <laughs> what a way to go overboard. <laughs> Uh, Natalie Trot says, uh, carpets in bathrooms. That's quite scary. Graham says, your child standing silently at the edge of your bed at 3am. And Kitty says, ceiling artex, horses, and hearing an owl on your nighttime walk. <laughs> uh, Lauren is still terrified of E.T. Says, since I was a kid, he freaked me out. His red finger lighting up gave me trauma. I cannot watch it still. Him, the bit at the beginning where they see or bump into E.T. in the cornfield is terrifying. <laughs> then again, though, that's counterbalanced by E.T. looking pretty fetching when, he, when he's dressed as a lady. Do you remember that? <laughs> uh, Liam is on the line right now. Liam, what thing do you find scary then? Uh, the mother-in-law. <laughs> OK, so you're putting forward here on this national radio show that your mother-in-law is, is scary but isn't something that you'd normally see in a horror movie. Terrified. <laughs> do you want to say what your, your mother-in-law's name is, just so we can add a bit of context? Uh, yeah, Mel, which Me- is the same as my own mum's as well, and she's as scary, so... <laughs> OK, so both as bad as each other. Are you scared of mother figures, Liam? This is turning into some counselling session. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. It's fine. It's fine, Liam. <laughs> what, does, what does Mel do, uh, your mother-in-law, Mel, that, that scares you the most, Liam? I think it's just when I turn up and she says hello and I walk in with a daughter and I'm like, 
Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pit of stomach feeling. What do you feel like yeah. you're gonna you're gonna get? It's like a trap, or you're gonna let yourself down, or, or get caught out. I, I'm just gonna get caught out. It's just the initial hello. Once we get past that bit, it's all right. It's the initial hello. I don't want this to get too deep, but you're only going to fear getting caught out if there's something to catch you out, Liam. Oh, no, don't start that. No. <laughs> <laughs> right, OK. Let's let him go, shall we'll we? Let him go, yeah. He's not, he's not got in touch for counselling. <laughs> the Daily Takeaway. Richie's daily takeaway. How about this for your commute? Uh, a station local to me, Stevenage train station, uh, has uh, caught a little bit of attention this week. Uh, it's, it's got there's a station cat, all right. So the cat doesn't belong to the station; uh-huh. actually belongs to a lady called Natasha. But this cat likes ambling up to the station every morning and just sitting on the ticket barriers on the gates, just sat there like royalty, watching all the commuters go by, loving it because the cat. Gets gets petted, then disappears again and then comes back again for the evening rush hour because it knows there's going to be busy people again. So it even, more go, attention. It even goes home for lunch. Yeah, comes yeah, back, yeah, he's yeah. aware of the shift patterns. Best of both worlds. But the, but the staff at the station say it's fantastic because they've noticed that it cheers up all the commuters going through. People take their pictures. There's even sort of like a, a, face gr- a Facebook group that's been set up for people to share their photos with Nala the cat. Well, I mean, I remember the school run to uh, Crouch End where my eldest daughter goes to school. There, there was a cat that was famous for years. It was in loads. It had its own Instagram account. No one knew who actually owned it, but used to sit on the uh, like the junction box for the traffic lights near Priory Park in North London, and it was like a legend. But it did it gave you a morale boost walking past it. Been thinking about it. You always hear in the news about oh how are they going to improve our transport and all that kind of thing. Don't you think that just a simple a simple effect would be to give every train station a cat? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I get on the loop a lot accidentally. Yeah. The loop cat. Yeah, exactly. It's, sometimes quite disappointing. You've got would... a lot more stations to go through. There, but you could even widen it to just workplaces. But then. There are some workplaces where that wouldn't work. If you think about if we had a radio station cat, lovely idea, improve the morale of all the presenters. Not that it needs improving, but you couldn't like, leave it in a studio because you just walk across all the buttons and suddenly take a take a few million yeah. listeners off air and all that kind well, of thing. Well, we've got a cat. It's called our producer, Adem. Well, that's true, yes. Yeah. Wanders off and gets fed by other presenters for a bit. Think about your workplace, all right? Think about your workplace. If you added a cat... To your workplace, would it make it a better or a worse place? So my initial thing would be to like maybe think about an unusual workplace because we've covered the whole radio thing. But yeah. like, say if you were, uh, you worked as a pilot uh, on a, on an aeroplane, yeah. would having a cat on board? Because I know a lot of people are nervous flyers, yeah. then that might help. But then if you go and do that thing that pilots do, where they go and get a cup of coffee for five <laughs> minutes, come back and the flipping cat's on top of your <laughs> your, your whatever the, any your of the joystick. stuff is your joystick. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't think of any words of anything that would be in a cockpit. <laughs> V-O-R. There you go. Yeah, yeah, very good, yeah, very good. Much. Dale says in Huddersfield, two train station cats just what? upping the game of Stevenage from earlier. They have their own calendars and Christmas cards. What about that? I, I like the fact as well that if one's tired or off and wants to have a bit of time away, they can kind of shift, swap shifts. <laughs> yeah. Chris is in Leicester, says we have two office dogs already. Wow. So adding a cat to the workplace would certainly make it interesting. Uh, if you added a cat to your workplace, better 
or worse? It's a bit of cat maths this evening on the show. Uh, someone who loves cats is Tracy Patterson, who sent us um, some photos on Twitter. She says, I love seeing cats when I go places. Uh, I, met, I met Felix and Bolt in Huddersfield Station. Loads more cats, including the late Garfi in Sainsbury's and Eli in Cambridge, sir. <laughs> She's one of those people, I think, who makes friends with local cats when you go to Greece. <laughs> Wants to bring one back. Uh, Rob, uh, talking about a, a, a rather different workplace animal. What we what do we got uh, here then, Rob? Uh, it's a um, a school therapy dog. School therapy dog. Oh, I love that concept. Yeah. What's it called? Uh, it's called Bear. Okay, kind of a friendly bear, not not like a grizzly. No, definitely not like a grizzly. No. Does it carry um uh, tobacco around in a little barrel? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> Not at the that would be a St Bernard. What make is it? Well, breed rather. Sorry, not make. It's not a car. What breed? Um, to be perfectly honest, I don't actually know what breed it is. I know it's a cross, but I don't know what it's a cross between. Okay, so you just got this dog that's roaming around your school. You, you're not entirely clear about what it does in there, but uh, it, it obviously lifts morale and everything. I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, it's certainly used as a therapy dog for the students, but obviously the uh, staff are quite uh, attached to it as well. But, you know, that, that if it does have the barrel bit, like, a little bit like the, uh, the St Bernard's, you, you could have, like, stuff, you know, chalk in there for, for teachers. That'd be right, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, because, of course, they still use that. <laughs> How far are you going back to? <laughs> <laughs> I apologise. All right, then, a, a special 3D pen for a whiteboard. Yeah, that's more like it. Uh, Mark says, evening, guys. On the cat situation, I agree, it's definitely a morale booster. I work for my local police service, and for years at the station where I was based in emergency response, we had a local cat that infiltrated our station every day through the open windows and often sat in the inspector's office, especially on those wet and windy days. No idea who actually owned him. He was a delight to have in the station. We named him after a colleague who also liked to stay in the station overnight who shall remain nameless. Those who know, know. Stay safe, guys. Thank you. Uh, Mike is hanging on with a story of another workplace uh, cat, although this is quite some workplace. Where are you, Mike? I'm based at RF Cosford, and um, sadly Optimus has passed, but um, he used to come and uh, stand with us or sit with us when we used to check uh, IDs and car passes coming through the gate. And he'd be sat on the guard post next to you. And the owner was rather shocked one day as we checked their IDs. She's looking at Optimus and she's went, that's my cat. I mean, Amazing. He highlighted our day on the gatepost. It's interesting. There seems to be a theme developing here that, that cats quite like being in positions of authority. <laughs> yeah, they do. Sat yeah. on the ticket gate there. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, at the head of an RAF base. He had, um, he had a stance about him. I bet. He's a forces sweetheart now, I guess, isn't he? <laughs> So was he actually called Optimus? So when the actual owner came by, did she know him as something else? No, no, that that was his name. That was, it was their cat. We didn't know him as Optimus. It was the, their, I think it was their child in the back seat. When there's Optimus, and that woman goes, that's our cat. It, it used to, we were on his round, as it were. And wow, he, okay. he joined us on the gate, stand on the fleet, and just sit there all for the proper. Well, as, in, as you mean Optimus is in Optimus Prime, Must right? Do. Must be, surely. Yeah. Yes, yes, it does. What a legend. Yeah. This is the Daily Takeaway. Time for you to blow our minds in Mind Blown. Uh, the chance for you to get in touch and tell us about how you do something differently and in a way that will make us go, wow. Wow. We never heard of that. We've got to try that ourselves. Or maybe there's a fact that you know, that you don't think enough people know. You want to share that knowledge by introducing it to us and we'll be like, 
Wow. I never knew that. That's what Mind Blown's all about. That's what it's all about, and hoping to become a, a star tonight on the show with a fantastic fact about animals is Dave. Dave, take it away, mate. Yeah, yeah. If um, if you're chucking a bat out, you know, if you're sending it back to the wild, um, they, can't, they can't turn left, so make sure you chuck it to the right, and then you've got it in line of sight then. You can see it coming back to you, and you've got more chance of getting away from it, you know, because you don't want it coming back scrounging and taking all of your milk and your fruit and all that biz. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I mean survival of the fittest and everything send it out into the wild but if you chuck it right the little sod's not going to find you yeah that's good because they kind of go clockwise is that what you're saying uh, yeah Dave? yeah yeah it's, it's something to do with whirlpools and the moon or something like that yeah they, t- they teach you that stuff <laughs> they teach you that stuff in like bat school you know what I mean so so hang on <laughs> just, just, just to, to really nut things down here that the fact here and this is blowing my mind this is blowing my mind bats can't fly left no, no, they've got no idea, mate. No idea. Um, you can sort of like, it's why like they have a bad time with magicians, right? You know, magicians are always sort of like doing stuff on the wrong side of their head, so they don't know what, when they're being duped. But um, they can't fly left. If you ever watch any footage on telly, boom, all that's, right. Like that. That's a good point. It's almost like they're always giving way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Animal Kingdom, mate, it's an absolute minefield. You know how it is. The Daily Takeaway. Russian Richie's Daily Takeaway. Home time on a Tuesday night. What a start we've had uh, to tonight's <laughs> Mind Blown with uh, Dave from earlier on, who was putting forward the theory that apparently uh, bats can't turn left. Yeah, sometimes on this show I catch myself and I think, Why th- I'm doing this for work. Uh, in the duration of the last song, I have been trying to find uh, to prove Dave's theory. Uh, one of my favourite films, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective uh, 2, uh, the scene towards the end of the movie when Jim Carrey runs out of... Uh, Ace, sorry, runs out of... It's Ace. Run, runs out of a cave uh, with a load of bats following him. And I'm thinking, if this is true what we just heard, then they will be flying to the right because bats can't fly to the left. Visual uh, evidence in many ways. Can't find the clip. What? (laughs) Someone just says, bat flying one way, total nonsense. Give it a Google. But at the moment, it's still out there. We can't prove or disprove it. I've found a YouTube video. It won't play, I think. Copyright. (laughs) I love the fact that your search history on a work computer will be, can bats fly left? (laughs) No, no, no. My my search history is Ace Ventura scene (laughs) when bats fly out of cave. I'm going I'm to message our boss Paul and think, I think Richie's actually watching films during the show. <laughs> well, sometimes it goes slow around here. So we'll take anything, yeah? Like, it doesn't have to just be a fact. It can be something that you do that's a little bit different, a way that makes other people's lives better. Next up, waiting, is uh, John. Happy Halloween, John. Happy Halloween, guys. Good to have you on. Tell us your amazing fact or hack that's going to blow our minds. Well, guys, um, I eat pizza upside down. <laughs> okay. What? Yeah, not not me upside down, the slice upside down. Right. So you get a slice of pizza, mm-hmm. and you sort of fold it a little bit, so nothing, all the fillings stay in the middle, nothing drops out, and then you take it towards your mouth and then flip it over and pop it onto your tongue, so all the, all the sauce and all the uh, toppings are on the tongue where the taste buds are, and then you have a great mouth of pizza. It's fantastic. It tastes really great. And you haven't got that claggy dough on your tongue. So you're kind of turning the the more, the more flavoursome bits to the taste buds of your tongue rather than the roof of your mouth. Is that the science behind this? That's absolutely right, yeah. I was, I was showing this about two or three years ago by a friend of mine, and it's a game-changer, guys, I'm telling you. John. <laughs> <laughs> I love a pizza. Yeah. More than your average man. Yeah. Um, 
I will try this because I'd like to think I was open-minded. However, however, um, surely the whole point of eating and the action of, of eating and what the mouth and the tongue does and all that kind of thing is once it goes in, you chew so that your tongue can 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 taste the mixture as it's as it's all going round. Um, if you're doing it your way, surely first of all you've got the the chance to have a scalded tongue by the hot pizza. Uh, and secondly, what are you normally doing? Does it just go down like a flume into your mouth immediately? Uh, yeah, it sort of just pops in. You take a pop, you take a bite of it, and take it back out, and then do the other bit. But I'm telling you, once you've done it, Richie, once you've done it, you'll not go back. It's the way forward. And you've never looked back since. Never, never no, looked back since. Uh, you know, there's like the thing that came out recently about people eating chocolate biscuits the wrong way around. So this is like the natural progression from that, isn't it? There you go. There's no, there's no, there's no rules, guys. So there's no rules. You know, no, that's but, true. Um, it's, 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 it's the way forward. It's, you honestly try it. It's a game changer. You won't go back. This is Bush and Rich's Daily Takeaway. Just go back to your malted milks thing from uh, the beginning of this particular episode. Yes. I offered my six-year-old. Is he six? No, he's not yet. He's still five at the moment. Oh. Um, offered him a chocolate hobnob the other day. Thought he'd be excited with that. No. Not interested. No, I said bored with that. No, thanks, Dad. How can you turn down a chocolate hot? I know, that's what I thought. I'm going to be thinking about that, the fact <laughs> that he's turned it down all the way home on the train this evening. They're so good.